Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host this evening, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. Glad to be with you on a, well, it's a special day around the building, and I bring in the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, to join me. Mark, how are you? Wait, is it special because Disney on Ice is leaving the stadium? No. Is that what makes it special? No, that's not what makes it special. Okay. You did see Disney on Ice. Good for you. Good for all of you out there that did get a chance to see it. I'm happy for you. I did not see it. I saw it with my um, oldest son once mm-hmm. and when they had the Toy Story characters. Oh, yeah. But he was disappointed because, like, Buzz Lightyear didn't quite look like Buzz Lightyear <laughs> and Woody didn't quite look like Woody. I think yeah. he expected more. I think it's more – I hate to say it like this. It's more like a chick thing a little bit because they have the princesses and stuff. I don't know what they did yeah, in this year's version. Don't they version. do, like, a Disney princesses on ice sort of thing? I mean, that is, like, the Super Bowl for little girls. Yeah. I mean, that that is the level of excitement for that. Listen. Playoff fever. Let me tell you, if you are a father, and my buddy Dustin out there, well, he, he knows. He and I have been on this train. You know what's worse? What's a worse cult? What's that? And Disney princesses. What? You never want to get caught in. What? American Girl Dolls. Oh, I've heard about this. The worst. I've heard all about this. The worst. Don't have a daughter, so I'm not embroiled oh. in all that. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Luckily, my daughter was pretty level-headed, and I will tell you this. One of the greatest things my kids ever did for me was uh, it was unbelievable. My daughter sold all of her American Girl dolls, and my son sold some of his items to get me an iPad mini iPad mini That's for Christmas one so time. awesome. It was very, very cool. My daughter got gift. out of that American Girl doll phase quickly. Mm-hmm. But if you've ever been to a mall where you see American Girl dolls. Yeah, it's a fever store, cult, like you said. I've walked by and I've seen little boys in there. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. You just seem like, I can't believe I'm in here. Mm-hmm. Like, wait till you have a daughter. Right. Wait till you have a daughter. The Build-A-Bear thing is pretty strong with the even yeah, younger kids. Yeah. That's pretty strong. That's a good one. We still have Darth Vader bear somewhere. So That's somewhere. Mm-hmm. No, I said it was special because players are back they are back johnny and it's hard not to notice them you know i'm in the cafeteria today and i saw whitney and i saw john weeks and i saw i mean you name it they were all there yeah. and i don't know look uh, maybe reports are coming out that somebody didn't show up i don't know but yeah. i just saw so many guys today and they all looked really happy to be here you know it's not like they're going to get to play football anytime soon they're yeah. conditioning but i think they love being together and i'll put it like this they want to be here because what's the thing the one thing that all the retired players say that they miss more than anything, the camaraderie, the guys in the locker room, that's what you miss. Yeah. So they've been away from that for a number of months now, and they're finally back together. They want to be together. They want to hang out together. They want to have somewhere to go during the day. Everybody wants purpose. That's why it's so tough to be unemployed other than the – well, the hardest thing is obviously the lack of money coming in. Right. But also yeah. just the lack of purpose, the lack of I go in every day and I do something. Right. And these guys, even though, yeah, they needed a break. It was a much-needed break after the season. They want to come back. They want to be part of it. They want to start the season. They want to start the process anyway of getting ready for the season. And they're such creatures of habit, too. I mean, in, in the fall, there's such a rhythm to their life, and they're so used to it. It's, okay, we go to training camp and then preseason games, and then every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for the next how many of weeks, they know exactly what they're doing on those particular days. To be a creature of habit, to be an NFL player is to be a creature of habit, and then all of a sudden, season's over. All right, see ya. Go. Collective bargaining agreement says you can't have them around the building. Now, if yeah. guys are rehabbing, that's a different story. They can come in and work out, I yeah. think, if they want, but they can't do certain football-like things with the coaches, whatever. Right. And and it's a little strange, you know, to just come in every day if no one's around. One or... of the things that I, I thought about 
and I, I think about on this day, and you, you sort of brought it up, it's the camaraderie. Talking to former players, it's the one thing that they miss. As a former coach, it's the one thing that I know I miss. I know I always look forward to the players being back in the building. I was going down to get lunch earlier this afternoon, and I happened to be walking in, walking to the door as the DBs were getting out of uh, a meeting. They were all yep. grouped together, and it was – I saw Andre Howe, and I saw Kareem Jackson, and – you know, it, I haven't seen him in, in weeks, yep. you know, and it was just so cool to see him. And so it's like that first day of school sort of thing. But when I remember you and I were talking Sunday morning of the Cardinals game, and that was Andre Johnson day. Yep. And that, it was either Friday night or Saturday night. Mm-hmm. There was a huge get-together. Right, both nights all, actually. Yeah, of, of all of Andre's teammates. And yep. Obviously, you've called every single game, plus you have the connection with Andre going back to Miami. But the one thing I remember you telling me, was how cool it felt to be part of sort of the reunion. And when you get players like that together, I know we get together, uh, our teammates, Brown University, we get together for the first game every year. Well, it's been a home game, so it would be the first home game each year. And it will be again, I believe. I have a feeling it will be. And we all get together. You know what we don't talk about? The games. We don't Mm -hmm. talk about, hey, remember when we beat Harvard? Remember when we beat this team? No, that doesn't come up. Never comes up. It never that comes up. We talk about, hey man, you remember when this happened in the locker room? Or you remember when those two guys did this? Or you remember when oh I remember when we went to lunch and we got embarrassed by this? You don't yeah. you don't remember. You don't talk about the games. You don't talk about the results. And we weren't very good, but you don't talk about any of that. Yeah. You just talk about what you guys did. Maybe there's some things that happened on the sidelines that you remember that are funny, but you don't talk about all that. It's not the winning and the losing. No. Isn't that weird? Never, you it, never it's think about strange. it. You would never think that. But, look, as fans, and I know a lot of the fans listening don't want to hear that part of it, but we're just giving you a glimpse into their lives. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's professional football. You don't win, you go, especially if you're a coach. Speaking of the coaches, though, Johnny, in this context, the players come back today. The coaches are walking oh. on air about this. You know, Anthony Weaver said to me, man, uh, the days just got a lot better or yeah. something of that nature because – he gets to coach players. And Bill O'Brien always talks about that. A coach has got to coach. Yep. You want to be around your guys. Uh, even if you can't take them on the football field and throw the rock right now, you can go into the meetings. You can talk to them about football finally. You can talk to Watson finally, legally, about football. They love this. They love being around their players. I mean, this is what their purpose is. Do you think, and I'm, I think it was a 10-year CBA when they signed it, if I remember correctly. Yes. Do you think they'll change the CBA to allow that time frame to at least let the coaches, I don't know, whether it's run a, a, a three-day weekend mm, with their players or just a, just any kind of cerebral chalk yeah. talk or anything like that. Do you think the CB, the new CBA will allow that? You know, the funny thing about this game, John, uh, one of the funny things, and I mean funny strange, is that we talk about player safety and everything. Yeah. And a lot of the veterans, a lot of the old-timers agree that the game's got to get safer. But at the same time, and I'm talking old-time media guys too, observers and participants, they lament the lack of hitting, the lack of contact in practice, which is kind of a hindrance in the offensive line developing properly. Yeah, you know, what did we talk about last year uh, in the last few years? Well, it takes a few weeks of the regular season for the offensive line to really get on any team, to yeah. really get cranked up because 
they got to work in concert and they got to have that contact in order to get better. Used to be, you know, back in the day, when, well, you had six weeks of preseason yeah. games and training camp in San Angelo and bumming the boys and all that. And you're going out there and, and you're in pads maybe two times a day. Yep. And that's a lot of great contact practice. I'm not saying we got to go back to that because clearly that's a, a wear and tear that a lot of guys don't want. Yet, some of the same people complain that that's why the game, quote, isn't as good today. Right. So I don't know if the game isn't as good today. I think the game, is it as physical? In some ways it's more physical right. because guys are bigger, stronger, faster. And I don't want to get into a big debate about this right now. But in answer to your question or thought there, I don't think we're going in that direction of allowing more contact between players and coaches for this reason. If you open that up, then all of a sudden there's going to be a pressure on the players to participate that maybe they don't right. want to have on them right now as a union. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe some of the same guys would say, geez, can we at least work out at the facility? Can we throw the ball in right. July out on the Houston Methodist Training Center fields so we can just get better together right. and we'll do it unsupervised? You know, there's some rules that just don't make a lot of sense, and I expect those to be straightened out. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, that, I mean, that, that's a perfect example right there. If you're going to throw the ball around, Deshaun and the guys are going to go throw the ball around at some point. You got to go do it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's that's the frustrating. I think they worry now. about liability though, right. because then it's a non-football injury. If I get hurt at Rice, right. it's a. I believe this is the case, no, right? right? It's a non-football injury, even though you're I was right. practicing football. If I get hurt at the facility and I'm running a route and Deshaun throws it to me and I trip over myself and I hurt myself or whatever happens. Now it's on the team, right. liability-wise. So right. maybe that has a lot to do with it. they got to figure so. that part out. Yeah, and, and it's difficult. I know Bill O'Brien has talked about that. The The other piece of news that came out today, I don't know if you, you had a chance to, to see this, Mark, and it's one, it's one question. It's funny because my wife and my daughter, my wife has picked things up over the years, and as I watch a game with her, you know, if we'll play a Thursday night game, sometimes we'll be there on Sunday or there's a you know, Monday night game's on, we're watching it together. Every so often, my wife will just ask me a question out of the blue, and I'll think, wait, that's a really good question. And she asked really good questions, and it was so funny because it was actually my daughter who came up with this one, but my daughter and my wife have been talking about this. They said, Why, do NFL players all wear the same helmet? Mm-hmm. And I said, no. I said, it's, it's a lot like wearing clothing. You're going to wear things that you're comfortable in, and mm-hmm. that even goes for the helmet. And my daughter just said, I don't understand that, Dad. All this talk about you know concussions. Why don't they all just wear the same helmet? A yeah, helmet your daughter's proof- smarter than most football players. Well, apparently the NFL must have been listening because the NFL has gone in and news came out today. I think it was James Palmer, the first one that I saw have with this news that the NFL is essentially eliminating ten styles of helmets that have been worn throughout the NFL in 2017. Mm-hmm. Six of them, they're immediately done. Yep, you're out. Four helmets. For styles of helmets, they're going to allow players one more year in 2017, but you had to have worn it before, and that includes Drew Brees and Tom Brady in that group. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show when you wear a helmet and you're used to it, it's not the easiest thing in the world to wear a football helmet. And so once you have one that you're used to wearing, you want to keep wearing it. And that's yeah. why a lot of guys continue with the same helmet year after year after year for that reason. But the NFL stepped in and said, nope, we're eliminating these 10 helmets. We're going for it. And it just seems like it makes total sense to do something like well, that. I'll take you behind the curtain a little bit at the uh, owners' meetings. I had the privilege of being in one of the sessions where they said, guys don't always choose the safest helmet. Right. 
All right, so what are they supposed to do about that? Right. Now, this is me talking, not them. They didn't voice it that way. But right. here I am saying, what are they supposed to do about that when, you know, you have all these lawsuits and people complaining and media complaining and, oh, you're not protect. Well, sometimes the players themselves don't pick the safest possible helmet right. for themselves. So maybe the league's helping them decide now, hey, if this is all going to come back on us, if it's for the safety of the game, and, again, this is me talking, not them, then we're going to make sure that they are legally required to wear the safest possible helmets. They brought up college football, which, as you know, you have a different helmet every week on some of these schools. Some schools have up to nine different helmets. Which I can never understand. And that's just pure fashion. Pure fashion, recruiting, we want to be snazzy. But guess what? You cannot afford, as a school, the safest possible helmet in nine different paint jobs, if you will, and maybe that'll prevent some schools from, like, you know, I'm thinking of all the schools that go nuts, Oregon, Oregon. and Maryland. Yeah. You know, you'd think Oregon has enough money to do whatever the heck they want with helmets, but apparently that's not the case. And look, the Texans on Battle Red Day, they don't do a red helmet. Right. You know, a lot of NFL uh, NFL teams do not change the helmets on those particular alternate jersey days. Now the Patriots have throwbacks. We don't have throwbacks right. here, so you know, right. someday. What are you going to do? But that's, I'll that's still be two here, helmets. That's two helmets, but still, I remember – Wearing a helmet was all like break breaking in a glove. Mm-hmm. It took a while to get that thing broken really? in, and then you got it where you want it, and then you're. I mean, back in the in the day, your head would just pound like, oh my goodness, my head. The first few days you put really? it on, and then you got used to it, then you were okay. But so that's that's days, part of training camp, isn't it? Oh, and that's what they absolutely. say p- about putting on the pads too, right? You have to sort of get your body those absolutely. those pressure points used no to doubt. feeling that. No doubt. I mean, I mean, pads. Michael Bennett, uh-huh. his shoulder pads. They yeah. don't cover. All, I mean, they don't. It, the things that guys are wearing, and to your point, people would say, well, why, why are they picking mm-hmm. a helmet that's not safe? Yeah. Well, a lot of guys are, are doing it just for uh, for vanity reasons Aesthetics. because it looks better. Well, like you way. said, clothing, you wear it to feel comfortable. I know that uh, sometimes you don't always wear the right thing outside on a cold day right. or a hot day to keep yourself cool or hot, whatever the case right. may be. You're not going to look like a fool out there. What about the shoulder pads, though, Johnny? Because even like our good buddy Andre Ware, when I look at – Shots of him playing in '89. He's got two coffee tables <laughs> on his shoulder. I'm like, you could serve drinks and dinner on those things. Uh, but that's what they all wore back then. Yep, not anymore. Not anymore. The game has changed, and obviously, the NFL is catch up a little bit, at least as it pertains to helmets. Mark, appreciate you stopping by. Thank you, John. Mark mentioned game one of the season. Is it going to be at home? Hopefully, it is. I'll talk with Drew about that and the schedule that's coming out this week next on Texans All Access. Welcome back to the show, Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris. Joining me now is my partner in crime. You hear us on In the Lab together. You saw us on Texas 360 this past Saturday night together. You can see him on Dear Drew. You can read a written version of Dear Drew. It's the Leftovers. Door. Was that what you call it? It's you... called The Leftovers now. Really? Because I, I answer about three questions video-wise, and then I answer about seven or eight. What would be the right sponsor for leftovers? Mm, probably some sort of restaurant. Yeah. Be pretty good. Or maybe like a Ziploc container of some sort. It's good. It's good, too. Yep. Plastic yep. container of some sort. Drew, schedule's coming out this week. Can't wait. I don't know if we're going to get a chance to talk about what is, what's upcoming. So we got to, in some sense, we have to get on the board with our predictions of well, a few things. Yeah. First of all, we know who the Texans will play. Right. We know where they will play. Yes. The most important thing is we just don't know when. When. What time. That ends up being key because it's primetime games. Mm-hmm. When do you play on 
Sunday you play on Christmas Day again? That won't happen. I don't think that'll happen for a while. I think, yeah, I think we're out of the woods on that for a while. Yeah, yeah. We're out of that for a little bit, uh-huh. so that'll be good. So marriages are safe. Not going to play on Thanksgiving. No, not going to play on Thanksgiving. Don't play the Lions. Do play the Cowboys. Well, you know what? I say that. We could play on Thanksgiving. We could play the night game on Thanksgiving because could. Dallas and Detroit, they're locked in. But there's a possibility we could play that night Thanksgiving game. That goes up just about anybody, doesn't it? Uh, Well, yeah, it could. I'm trying to think who's played in that game the last like few the years. The Chiefs have played in it. I want to say it's like it's the Redskins. No, it's not the Redskins. I want to say it's been an NFC East game. But, no, you're right. It could be. So yeah, it could be that Thanksgiving night. Oh gosh, prefer not to. I'd I'd prefer not to. I wouldn't think we'd be in that, but that's you know who's to say? Who's that's to say? the Thursday game. I would want the Thursday game to be at night. Now you've gone through a Thursday. You've gone through Thanksgiving that's, noon game. That's the last. That's brutal. incidentally that's the last uh, NFC road road win for the Texans. 2012 Thanksgiving Day at Detroit. You were dead in the water. Should have lost that game. And then Justin Forsett just keeps playing through what 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 was not a whistle, and right. uh, he he winds up scoring. Should have been downed, but because Schwartz threw the, threw the flag, the score wound up counting, and they later changed that rule. But I, I was I thought there was an outside chance of a riot happening because those fans were furious. They were throwing <laughs> stuff on the field. You didn't see it on the broadcast. They were, I mean, there was stuff getting thrown on the field. It was it was ugly there for a second. I at that point was doing overnight radio. <laughs> yeah. For Yahoo Sports Radio at that point, and my biggest affiliate was ninety-seven-five, the ticket in Detroit. They must have been furious. Oh, they handed that game, they, and they knew I was in Houston. Yeah, obviously. yeah they yeah. knew we were in Houston, and handed so we talked about that often. In fact, leading up to that game, there were callers wanting to make bets and all that, and I just went. I, I was very confident leading up to that game, or I'm sorry, I, that was that was very confident leading up to the Sunday, mm-hmm. which was the Jaguars. That Sunday, yeah. and that game goes into overtime. Deep and then in I was overtime. Like, yeah. Oh man, I, I don't know about this. It's the only time I've ever seen the Texans walk off the field after a victory, looking like they had just lost. Yeah. So that was tough. And one last thought on this this subject. Really funny start to the game. The Texans come out for their intros. Mm-hmm. The loudspeaker at Detroit was playing the Spice Girls. <laughs> Uh, tell really? me what you want, which, whatever that song. That's pretty funny. Which I've always advocated we should play funny songs. Like, you know, when the Colts come out here, we should play My Little Pony theme music or something like that. Or, My Little Pony. Yeah. I don't know why I know that song. But House. the so this is my story with that. When I doing my overnight show, the the people in Detroit called all the time. Sports radio is a huge deal in Detroit, and sure. the ticket was massive. I came on, and it was like, oh, man, we can talk to this guy about anything, about any sports. Yeah. So there was a gentleman's club in Detroit, and for that Thanksgiving game, that gentleman's club, and it became kind of, it came kind of a running joke on our show, that gentleman's club showed up apparently outside Ford Field in, like, a party bus. <laughs> they were entertaining people wow. in this party bus, and all, all when I got – when uh, we got back after that game, because that was Thanksgiving weekend, came back that next week, callers from Detroit were like, you're not going to believe this. And I can't for the life of me remember what the place was called. But they sent me pictures of this place right outside Ford Field. And I went, oh, I, I, I'm sort of glad I wasn't there. It's wild. But then I kind of would have wanted to see it. I, it was strange. So our point in bringing all that up was there could be a Thanksgiving game. My guess is probably not, but probably you could. Not. It would have to be like we said, the nighttime game because you have the Cowboys at home. You're playing them here. 
Especially yeah, considering you're not playing the Lions on, this year. Yeah. yeah, considering you didn't play on Christmas night. Considering we played on Christmas night last year, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve the year before. I right? would think we're not going to have that, but we're out of the we're out of the Christmas Eve Christmas night zone zone. So we're we're good at least for the few years. So yep. uh, the the marriages can stay in play. That said, the schedule itself, mm-hmm. primetime games. Drew Doherty, the Texans will have I think, blank primetime games in 2018. I think you'll see four. I know Vandermeer and a lot of you guys are like gung-ho. It's going to be five, no questions asked. I still think it's going to be four. I, I really do. And I, that, that includes the one Thursday night that everybody plays. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure there will be a, a Monday nighter mixed in there. Maybe another one. But I, I think it's four. I think because you've got Deshaun Watson, yep. that, that works in your favor as far as having more. But I also think you can't get past the fact that these guys lost 12 games last year. Yeah, I agree with you. On, and that's, on, what, and that's what the network execs are seeing. Yeah, that's true. When I think about teams throughout the league that I want to see on primetime, I'm just thinking, just me in general, yeah. what teams do I want to see in primetime? I always want to see Brady. Mm-hmm. I want to see the Patriots. I love watching the Eagles. The Eagles are a fun team to watch, yeah. and obviously having Carson Wentz. The Rams and being out in L.A., I would imagine they're going to get. The Saints I'm, now too, man, with with Breeze being else, back on yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that. And you notice uh, Steelers and Cowboys. Sure. They're going to get some, and you know the Giants will probably get some. Packers too, man. You know, Packers, Rodgers will some, be healthy. There's there's some games, and so one thing that I looked at of those teams that we just mentioned, ben mentioned, Patriots, Steelers, Saints, Eagles, playing them. We're playing a number of those teams, mm-hmm. and and the other aspect of it is is the quarterback matchup. Yep. Because if there's one thing I feel like Drew the NFL needs to sell going forward is this younger crew of quarterbacks. Totally. Because Roethlisberger and Brady are going to be out the door soon. So will Rivers. Those guys are going to be out the door soon. Rodgers is going to have too much longer after that. Wilson's in relative middle age uh, career-wise right. terms with him. Right. But I'm with you. You know, Peter Schrager and the guys at Good Morning Football on NFL mm-hmm. Network, yeah. they at least, it seems like once a week, they pop out some video, yeah. some segment, talking about how Deshaun Watson's the the face of the league right. or future face of the league. Right. It's moving that way. Deshaun Watson's the most electric player in all the game. So, yeah, they're on board with it. I still think it's ju- just because they lost 12 games, though, it's going to pull them back from yeah. getting the max. all the max, the max uh, primetime games. Yeah, now, I think the teams that will get the max will be the Steelers, the Patriots, the Packers, mm-hmm. those three, the Cowboys, I would think that. And I think because the Texans play – I think I think five is possible. I, I when you said that there will be five, no questions asked. I feel like it'll be five, but I could absolutely see four. I feel five is being five is 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 thinking. And I tried to think how many we had last year. Had the Chiefs on a Sunday night. Had the Bengals on a Thursday night. Had the Ravens on a Monday night. It was those three. Did I miss one? We only have three last year. Oh, well, the Steel the Steelers was an afternoon game, but it was but considered prime time. Right. Mm-hmm. I could see them getting five, even though that's four and twelve team. They they signed that they they got on that without even knowing the Texans had drafted Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. But they were also coming off a year playoff. in which They're they a went to team. division divisional playoff round. So the other question to me is, from that standpoint, is how many do you take of the Jags? How many do you take of the Titans? How many do you take of the Colts? I would I would imagine might be wait and see on the Colts just to see if Andrew Luck comes back. But I would think the Jags, even though I don't think the Jags and. A, this is an interesting article I saw by Ryan O'Halloran. He writes for the Florida Times Union. He was he mapped out the Jaguar schedule, mm-hmm. and 
then one of his other articles was looking at the primetime games. And Jacksonville's just not a team I think people want to see play on primetime. And it goes, you know, goes back to their quarterback. Right, it goes back to the quarterback even and the style he took of play. Him, even though he was under center and they went to the, the right. conference title game, he still is a guy that people have a lot of doubts about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Titans, I think the Titans, when I think about watchability of those teams, it's just, it's not there. I'm not saying they're bad teams. I'm just saying the watchability factor. Yeah. Because Bortles hasn't become that guy yet. And, yeah, Leonard Fournette's fun to watch, but, man, a suffocating defense is not really great prime time right. watching, to be right. honest. Mm-hmm. But your quarterbacks, Wentz versus Watson, Prescott versus Watson, Brady versus Watson, those quarterback matchups end up being must-see television. Sure. And to the point of these young quarterbacks of Wentz and Prescott and Watson, these guys that are coming in like Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson and Sam Darnold, Rosen, Allen, those guys coming in, they've got to be the face going forward. They've got to start being the the players that people want to see week in and week out because that old guard of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Philip Rivers, those guys are are they're close to the end. These guys, they've got to now start putting them forward. I could see that Thursday nighter being the second week at New England. I just got a feeling oh, about that. I could see I that being not. the case. I hope not, but I'd much rather play that game, that Thursday night game, if we're going to go on the road in particular. And play that early in the year. Get it out Just of the way. Get it out of the way. Totally. You play that thing in week nine, week ten. Ugh. It's unforgiving. I don't want I don't want any part of that thing at that point. Considering when you and and we get a chance to see this is something that not a lot of people outside this building get to see. But we we see these guys shuffling off from meeting room to locker room to cafeteria, et cetera. When you see them during the week, there are times where you go, How's that guy gonna play on Sunday? Yeah. How's how is tough. he going to do oh, that? It's, no, it's it's. I could. I think it's. You're going to see the league eventually move to adding another bye week, right? And put because it before it, the Thursday night, it game. makes the season longer yeah. too. I mean, that way you get to go almost to Valentine's Day, right? Um, that's the way I, I kind of see this thing happening. Yeah, it, I agree. You, with you just prolong the season. You prolong the season, or you start at the same week as college football. You could do that. Eh, start no need to, you know. You, you, there's no need yeah. to really. I mean, if you don't want to play all the way up till Valentine's Day, I mean, there's not that weekend. Oh, what's wrong? Why not? Because there, that you, know, I agree with you. Because it goes Super Bowl, and then two weeks later is the NBA All Star Game. So you could go another week and yeah. then just bump right up in the NBA All Star Game. You could do that. I think that's. I hate. I hate the month of February I agree for you. sports. I know it's not. A, that's I, why I'm fine with going all the. You know. I mean, other than the Super Bowl, there's really nothing. I mean, NBA All Star Game doesn't really kind of. Eh, whatever. Yeah, no. Don't really get there. And college basketball is. Near in the end, but nobody's really paying attention to college basketball. Baseball is spring training. Eh. February to me is one of the – I think that's one of the more lame months. Mm-hmm. You know what's another one that's not so great? Although NBA Finals, I'm trying to think how far into June they go. About mid-June. I think it's about mid-June. Second half of June and on into the early part of July. The, the two weeks from the middle of June to the middle of July, bubkiss. Yeah, I, I like it though. It's because you got baseball every night. Yeah, you do have. Baseball I like. Every I mean, night, aside from the the yeah. this two, the one before and one after the All Star, I like baseball. So you said four primetime games for the Texans. Yeah, I think it's gonna be four. I think. It's Which four. teams do you think they play? I think you'll see the Texans play the Patriots in primetime because they always seem to match yep. them up. I think you'll see a wild card in there, and I wouldn't be stunned to see the Cowboys game be a prime timer. Oh man. Not necessarily a Sunday Cowboys and Texans fans tailgating all day long. Yeah. Then going into the game. Yeah. 
all hell will break loose. Now it has before. Two thousand two was a night game. Yeah, but so now you're better equipped to handle it because you're true. You know, you didn't seemingly. have. Yeah. Anyways, seemingly. No, you are. I just know that twenty fourteen game. That was in Arlington. That was like a college game. It was half and half. It was amazing. That was saw a one, lot of battle red up in the stands up there in Arlington. That was one of my most – that's one of the memories I have that sticks out the most. Not in a great way, obviously, because Texas didn't win that game. Mm-hmm. But just from a – the way the building was configured with like 50-50, mm-hmm. where Tony Romo's got to go to a silent count in his own building, the Texans coming back at the end mm-hmm. to tie it and send it overtime. I mean – that game, that was I mean, awesome, it and was, it, it was, was all mingled in. It wasn't like a half of the stadium was all Texans. It was Texans yeah, fans it was were everywhere. all throughout. There all. was red and cowboy blue. All of us. It was, it was amazing. And, and I then, think 2018. I don't think that Cowboys are going to get 50 percent of the seats in Energy Stadium. No, there will be a lot of Cowboys fans. It's going to be pretty vocal. They travel sure. all over the place. I, and, and that's it, nighttime. That's a prime time game. I, I cool. think so. I could I see it. Can't people. you? I mean, I could see it. I, if I'm if I'm NBC or I'm the I'm the networks. I absolutely want Dak Prescott versus Car- uh, Carson Wentz, uh, Deshaun Watson, yeah. and Texans v. Cowboys. Absolutely, I want that on television. Totally. No doubt in my mind I want that, that on television. That was a classic game in 14. Oh, it was incredible. And it was just a noon game. So- J.J. had Tony Romo dead in the water, and Romo made one of the greatest plays ever. He spun out of it. He had eyes in the back of his head that day. Spun out of it, found Terrence Williams for the bomb. I saw J.J. hone in on him, and I was like, yeah, sack. And then when I saw Romo spin out, I quick looked downfield and went, uh-oh. And I just watched that ball in the air and I went, watch him catch this thing. And we got two guys there. I know. I remember my, two old, guys my old boss, Bob Sturm, tweeted something along the lines of, J.J. Watt had moved a mile before anyone else had moved an inch. Because he yeah. he timed that snap perfectly yeah. and was going. And he was already in the backfield. And Tyron Smith hadn't even moved yet. And he couldn't have. He, he, yeah. he would have been offsides had he. He couldn't hear it because it was so loud in the building. Yeah. That's why they went to the silent count, Tony Romo. Yeah. Going to be a different team with no Romo, no Dez. Drew, appreciate nope. it, brother. Anytime. We'll go around the NFL when we get back. And a Bill Barnwell article. I'll give some credit to my man, Sean Pendergast, for tipping me off to this one. The 2018 All-Trades Mock Draft. The Texans are included. A trade with the Detroit Lions. Would you do this? We'll talk about that next right here in Texans All Access. One final segment of Texans All Access on this wonderful Monday evening from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, football analyst and salary reporter, John Harris. Glad to be with you. But, man, I got to say, I wish I were out this weather. Holy smokes. These, this day and Sunday, these are days you moved to Houston for. Mid to low 70s. It was actually cooler than that on Sunday. It's why all these free agents came to Houston. That and going to win a ring at some point. Hopefully it's this year. It would be nice if it's this year. But that's why you come to Houston, man. These days right here. Now, middle of August, okay, a little different story. You walk outside, it's like insta-sweat. You just start taking on, and it flows out your pores as soon as you walk outside. Took a shower, you're going to need another one. That's just the way it is. But that said, that could be August. This is April, and it's beautiful. So I'm taking advantage of it. Well, after the show, that is, once I get out of here. But that said, now, I teased in this segment. We'd go around the NFL and mix the draft in. And I got to give a little bit of credit here to my buddy Sean Pendergast. So I was listening to Triple Threat today on our sport, on our flagship Sports Radio 610. And I heard him discussing a trade proposal out of an article from uh, uh, Bill Barnwell from ESPN. And he led me to, Sean led me to this article that Bill wrote 
That is the 2018 All-Trades Mock Draft. Now, obviously, these trades, I don't want to say aren't going to happen, but more than likely are not going to happen. But it is interesting to take a gander at some of the deals that he has proposed and it starts at the top and we'll get to that in just a second but a little bit of news speaking of draft last year the Seattle Seahawks drafted a defensive and defensive tackle a Jadeveon Clowney like player I guess if you will just because he could line up all over the field and that's about where the comparisons stop I suppose other than the fact that he's 6'6 he's about 275 and he could be a freaky athlete Malik McDowell Malik McDowell was an unbelievable player in 2015. I mean, unbelievable. Quentin Nelson is my top player in Harris 100 this year. Malik McDowell gave Quentin Nelson all he could handle and then some when they met in 2015 uh, and then again in 2016. Now, 2016, they have the greatest year. Part of that was he had been thinking about going pro. Seemed like he was kind of holding back all year long. Anyways, he gets drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. First pick of the Seahawks in the second round. The Seahawks, I believe, traded out of the first round, if I remember correctly. And they were sitting at pick 35. They took Malik McDowell. And I thought, man, Malik McDowell. You've already got Sheldon Richardson there. You've got, oh, I can't remember. I think Sheldon Richardson was already there. you got Michael Bennett. Now you got McDowell. you got Jerron Reed. Man, they're going to be filthy. Well, then McDowell got an ATV accident. Pro Football Talk is, and this is where I saw the story, and I'm not sure where he credits and who he credits uh, with this, but Michael David Smith wrote this. But Ian Rappaport said that the Seahawks are likely to cut McDowell. He's never played. That accident that he had, he missed the entire season. Now, there are a couple things here. Number one, is he ever going to be able to come back from the accident? And on top of that, he was also arrested for disorderly conduct. So you've got those two things going against Malik McDowell. But this guy is a whale of an athlete. For the Seahawks to just say, we're cutting bait. Boy, there is, there's a lot there to unpack. But the Seahawks' number one pick from last year, which was number 35 overall, Malik McDowell, sounds like he's going to be cut from the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the Seattle Seahawks, I got to thinking about this the other day because Deion Jordan – uh, is going to re-sign with the Seahawks. And Jordan was the number three pick with the Miami Dolphins in 2013, which I thought was a total shock. Because when the Dolphins traded up, I thought they were going to go get a tackle. I thought they were going to draft Lane Johnson. Because tackles had gone one and two. It was uh, Eric Fisher to the Chiefs, Luke Jokel to the Jags. And I thought, man, the only other tackle we're taking is Lane Johnson. The Dolphins trade up. The Dolphins need a tackle. They went and got Deion Jordan. I about fell out of my chair. But Deion Jordan has played better and better, and now he's going to re-sign with the Seattle Seahawks, and a good spot for him. And he got it turned around because after he was drafted, he didn't do anything, had some issues on and off the field, got it together. We'll see if Malik can do that. Malik has never gotten on the field. But it looks like the Seahawks are going to cut the number 35 overall pick from last year. Goodness gracious. Wow. Broncos released C.J. Anderson. Uh, that was that was a little bit of a shock. I holy smokes! But they were trying to trade him, so it's not too much of a shock, I suppose. But C.J. Anderson released from the Denver Broncos. The Vikings have given a big deal to Eric Kendricks. I've been a Kendricks fan for a while. 
But I didn't see five years, $50 million coming. But that's what they're giving to Eric Kendricks. They still got to pay Anthony Barr at some point. I think Barr, I think he was a 2015 pick, if I remember correctly. So they've got to, I would imagine they'll exercise the option this year and then have to pay him a pretty big deal at some point to keep him around. Kendricks had one year left on his rookie contract at a salary of $1.1 million. He's going to make $50 million over five years if he plays up the full contract. He has $25 million guaranteed. That's what your defense can look like when you've got speed in it. I'll never forget when the Texans went up there in 2016. It was a third, I think it was a third short. And Kendricks was lined up inside, and he was going to have the back if the back released out his side. But Kendricks was mugging in the A-gaps. Basically, he was showing blitz. And so Brock changed the play, was going to hit Lamar Miller out in the flat. Kendricks backed off the blitz sprinted out to the flat, and Brock threw it to Lamar, and Lamar got hit right as he caught the ball. And I was like, man, that's what a speedy linebacker can do. Texas draft in the second round, Zach Cunningham. Those are the kind of things Zach Cunningham can do, so it's going to be exciting to see what Zach can do going forward. Congratulations to Kendricks for that deal. Now, let's get this article by Bill Barnwell. I I love this concept. 2018 all-trades mock draft. So every single team... That's drafting in those spots. Browns at one, Giants at two, Jets at three, although the Jets have already traded. The Browns at four, Broncos at five, et cetera, et cetera. Now, a lot of these are just, they're picks. They're just picks for picks or a picks for a pick. For example, in number two, the New York Giants, the Giants trade with the Bills, and the Giants get the two Buffalo first-round picks, they get a second-round pick. They get a 2019 second-round pick and Shaq Lawson. And the Bills move up 10 spots. That's what 10 spots does. Wow. I think Shaq Lawson is going to end up being a player. I, I liked him coming out of Clemson, and hopefully that's what he turns into. He's not been that yet, but you get both first. You get a second. You get 2019. And I just don't think the Giants are playing for the future. I mean, every team in some sense is, but you get my point. They're not... They're not going to go all in on a quarterback. They might, but I just look at the deals that they've made. I just don't see it. You don't pay Nate Solder all that money. You don't bring in Alec Ogletree and eventually pay him money if if you're going to not tank, but if you're going to draft a young quarterback. I just I just don't see it. But either way, so that that's pretty much a picks for a pick deal. So the Bills move up to number two, and obviously at that point they got to get their quarterback. I've said before, AJ McCarron. I think is he's the bridge quarterback. He's going to be the next Mike Lennon. The Bills are not going with A.J. McCarron going forward. It's going to be a rookie quarterback at some point stepping in. But McCarron can hold down for at least a little bit, and then they'll go to the rookie. But they've got to get a quality rookie. They've got to get somebody better than Nathan Peterman. So you go down the list of picks, and it's a pretty interesting to look at. But the one that hit me right away, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, man. If this happened, I would – I'd love it. Get Andrew Luck out of the division. The Browns trade with the Colts. The Browns get Andrew Luck. The sixth pick in the draft, basically swapping spots with the with the Colts. And a 2019 fourth rounder, the Colts get the first pick in the draft, the fourth pick in the draft, so they get both Browns first round picks. They get the Second round pick, number 35, the first pick in the second round. 
and a 2019 first-round pick. Look, I'd be happy that Andrew Luck would get out of the division. Oh, I'd be so pleased. But eventually, a one, a one, a two, and a future one. Not just ones, the top pick in the draft, the number four pick in the draft, and the top pick in the second round, plus a one next year. Three additional ones, the Colts. The Colts parlay the third pick, moving down. So essentially, the, the Colts give up the third pick and Andrew Luck. And in return, they get three first-rounders and a second-rounder, and then all that they got from the Jets, which I think were some other second-round picks. I mean, and Chris Ballard drafts well. Well, that could set the Colts up for a long time. Now, the Colts for a few years would be on the wing of Sam Darnold or Josh Allen or Josh Rosen or whomever, as opposed to Andrew Luck. Maybe they'd be on the arm of Jacoby Brissett for a little while. But with that first pick, take a quarterback. That fourth pick, they end up getting Bradley Chubb. With the top pick in the second round, they take Sony Michelle. And with the 2019 first-round pick, they get best player available because they just got the quarterback the year before. And their own pick. Goodness gracious. That's what happens when you've got a quarterback asset. Now, in this case, the Colts would be giving up. The Colts aren't going to give up Andrew Luck. And I don't think the Browns are going to end up trading for a guy, Andrew Luck, that they don't even know will get on the field in 2018. But that was interesting to think about. Now, where are the Texans involved in all this? Pick number 20. Detroit Lions got that pick. Lions could be looking at interior help. Obviously changing defenses uh, with Matt Patricia going there. So a lot of different change. Bob Quinn, GM, Matt Patricia, both formerly of the Patriots. And that should signal, oh, okay, here we go. The Lions trade with the Texans. And the Lions get a 2019 first-round pick, so the Texans' first pick next year, which hopefully, if things go well, that's going to be a pick in the the low 30s, (laughs) like 31 or 32, hopefully 32. But they also get Whitney Merciless, and the Texans get pick number 20. Now, 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 here's where it's a little tricky. Now, Sean had proposed on Triple Threat trading Whitney for... For Gronk, and I think probably some other draft shrapnel as he described it, thrown in. And I, and look, Gronk is maybe the greatest tight end of all time, but I've said there's three positions that are premiums. The guy can throw it, the guy can protect the guy who can throw it, and the guy that goes and sacks the guy that can throw it. Whitney is the guy that can go get the sacks and go get the pressures. Now this, at number 20, the Texans, what I would imagine highlight one of the tackles, and that's what Barnwell is saying here. Texas desperately need to find a way to protect budding superstar Deshaun Watson. They currently have the league's worst tackle situation, not the worst offensive line. I would think after the free agent additions, I don't know that I would say that. But there's still a work in progress, no doubt. I still don't want to give up a quality pass rusher. Because to me, the difference between the tackles you can get in the first round of this draft and the tackles you could get in the third, second and third round of this draft That's not vast. But the difference in pass rushers, you can never, ever have enough pass rushers. Ever. And one of these these days, all three of Clowney, Watt, and Merciless are going to be on the field at the same time. 
Barnwell goes on to say, Houston's most expendable asset with value is merciless. Now, Whitney is an asset. I don't want to trade him because, again, I think you've got to have all Pistons firing, rushing the quarterback. Think about the teams that have beaten the Texans over the years, the Patriots. Why? Tom Brady. Getting pressure on him. Yeah, and Brady, look, last year when all three were healthy in that game, yeah, Brady still got his, right? Well, you've improved the secondary with Colvin and Tyron Matthew, and I would imagine you're going to add a draft pick to it. Brought Jonathan Joseph back. If he's healthy and not having to play every single play, that's a positive as well. Kevin Johnson coming back healthy, who didn't play against the New England Patriots last year. If his play is picked up, now all of a sudden it's a little bit better situation. But you've got to be able to put heat on Brady. And you can get it with those three guys. That's what the Eagles proved. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. Those guys were all able to get to the quarterback and make life miserable for Brady, especially in the fourth quarter. Now, they didn't make his life miserable for the whole game. In the fourth quarter, when it mattered, they got there. So, Bill, appreciate it very much, but I would really like to keep Whitney Merciless instead. I will say nay to that deal. Thank you very much. Got to thank Mark for stopping by. Got to thank Drew for stopping by. Got to thank my guys back in the studio at Sports Radio 610 for getting the show on the air and up and going. But I got to thank mostly you guys for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.